you would think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me today, the one and only Mr. Kevin Urso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, we're kind of in the middle of the summer here. There's really not a whole lot of Flyers news to get into today, so we'll be talking mostly about the rest of the NHL, but I just wanted to hit kind of off the top. I wanted to hit the socials here. Uh, we've been doing pretty well on our YouTube page. Go check us out over there. Check at YWT Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean. We can find us pretty much anywhere. We're on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Um, so that, that's an interesting place to start, by the way. Okay. Because something that happened in between our last show and this one, by the way, that I put out on Twitter on on all the socials that we had and things and like Kevin that. Kevin Kevin underscore Durso, but by the way. Did you catch the tweet from, I think Jason Martinez is the one who tweeted the initial thing out where in Brazil, apparently we were top five in all I, hockey podcasts. I did see that. You did send that to me. That is very funny. Well, I, uh, in fairness, I had it sent to me like from somebody else on the website, on friend Sports Talk Philly. Friend of the show, Jason Martinez. We've had him on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? That is awesome. And if you're listening from Brazil, thank you. I will. Yeah, I wanted to, to give it. I, will I just learn felt how like to say it in Portuguese. <laughs> I just felt like that deserved a shout out because of the fact that it was just funny to me how those were the top. Yeah, and it's either okay. So we're either really popular in Brazil or people just use a VPN. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't think about that. Uh, <laughs> so to get into the very brief amount of uh, Flyers news we have today. Uh, first bit of news here is that we have a training camp date. Uh, Flyers training camp will be opening September 21st. It sounds about right. Torts has a couple of weeks to whip the boys up into shape. And I'm sure, you know, they're all probably skating by now to start to get into shape for the season. Uh, especially knowing that you have John Tortorella as your coach, you certainly better be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and one flyer who will be is Zach McEwen, who signed a a deal to stay. It's it's another year of Zach McEwen. I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> if you think I'm getting excited about a roster move for this team, especially on August 14th, it better be Nazem Kadri, who's still not signed. We'll get well. We'll get into him not being it's signed in a little bit. Right. And like, he's not going to sign in Philadelphia. No, for it's the not going to happen. So but that's, forget it. But that's what I'm saying is that's the only kind of roster move that I would get excited for at this stage. They already game. made. They already told you whether or not to get excited. So, exactly, you know, McEwen, you, isn't it? Right. Right. So okay. So basically, and here's the deal. So uh, take that September 21st date with a little bit of a grain of salt because the official open of these camps is never the on ice stuff. It's no. the it's like the orientation. Well, this says the, the email. And I, I'm trying to read as much of it as I can because I'm only looking at a screenshot here. Player physicals, testing, and I'm going to assume that this is also part of when they do some of the media stuff. Media right. stuff, meaning not necessarily with the graphics like on me, the, but for the broadcast. Yes, they do the broadcast. They do the awful stuff. broadcast of them pointing the stick at the television. They do stuff like that. They yeah. do headshots that day, I believe. They do like all that type of stuff. Those are comically bad, by the way. It's so funny. What headshots? Watch. No, the, oh, the, the little oh, the, backstage shots. Oh, where some some headshots can be too. By the way, oh, the headshots can be too, but only if you're like Miss Tanev. Although no, but hold on a minute. Although here's the thing. And I like people don't real. I don't know if people realize this when it comes to headshots. They apparently ask the players to do like a three or four ones. versions okay. of that. And then I don't even know if the player is the one who gets to say. I think actually they just start issuing a bunch of different ones out based that's, on whatever they decide to choose. Like that's really funny. 
for all I know, they could be pulling a nut like, hey, we took four of them. Let's pull a number out of a hat. Oh, number three. Okay, we're taking headshot number three for Sean Couturier, and we're taking headshot number two for Kevin Hayes and headshot number one for Travis Connecting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I and, doubt they do that. I, I'm pretty no, sure I'm they joking probably around. right. No, but, the, but the object of them taking multiples is, is that I think they take like they take one of them with the kind of serious look where they're not smiling. They take one with them smiling. They take one. Like they a just take, look. No, I don't know about. Well, they might. Maybe they do. Maybe that's Quite how. Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe that's how Brandon Tanev gets. Uh, you know, the picture that he had. If you haven't seen Brandon Tanev's headshots with the Seattle Kraken and his most recent with the Pittsburgh Penguins, somebody for uh, there was an funny. NFL player who like Mimic did that. that. That's yes, fine. and and then tagged him. On Twitter, like something about the okay. Brandon Tanev look or something like that. But either way, we um, love that ESPN partnership. We love that ESPN exposure. How <laughs> many? How many NFL players were tweeting at NHL players before the ESPN deal? Well, that's fair. One that's it was Jalen Ramsey, and he was saying, "Give me six months, and I can do it." Right. Um, Hello. So, <laughs> so either way, so training camp starts on like officially on the twenty first. The real on ice stuff starts on the twenty second, the day after. The week before, same deal. Rookie camp starts on the 14th of September. Again, same thing. That's and all, all that's off ice meetings and things of that nature. On ice for rookie camp starts on the 15th. Now, here's something a little interesting. Now, unfortunately, I am not going to be covering this because I have prior commitment for this weekend that leads that takes me away from being able to do this. But they are having a pair of rookie games like they did last year. Now, you remember they played the Rangers last year twice. They played a game in like somewhere in New York, like yeah. nearby the nearby their facility. And then they came remember. home. Well, cause here's the thing. I, I distinctly remember, remember the one in Philadelphia or in Voorhees because of the fact that there were two things, two important things happened that night that kind of set the Did tone. Did Wade Allison get hurt? Uh, Wade Allison got hurt in okay. that rookie game and That's it what I was, thought. and it was no mild injury. No. Like, right. So that was number one. And number two is while we were waiting for the game to start, that was the first word that Sam Moran's injury was back. Okay. And obviously now he's not even playing anymore. He is now a basically a development coach, if you will. Right. Because he, he did do a development camp this year. Which, right, right. And look, for the look, record, cool I'm, for him. I'm just putting a little pin in it. When we talk in the future about remove every ex-flyer, he's still going to get a pass. We're going to forget to mention him. I'm just letting you letting you know he does still get a pass. He's too young. Him and Danny Briere, they're the only ones. <laughs> and, and, and let's let's put it this way. You know, like – it wasn't like it was for lack of track. I mean, the guy came back from how many injuries and tried to play and willing to play left wing. Like, yeah, for real. So listen, listen, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that I'm a big Sam Moran fan. Always have been since, since he was drafted. I'm trying to remember. I didn't go the game that he scored. I believe his only NHL goal, which was a game winner, no less against the Rangers. Um, I was not at the game. And I'm trying to remember exactly the purpose. I believe that that was a day that I it was because it was an afternoon game. I think I had gone and gotten one of my COVID vaccine doses somewhere along the line, which right. which you need. Let's just wait. Which you also I remember you missed covering. a game for that. Well, I, 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 no, yeah, I only missed one game because of it because of the fact yeah. that the first well the first go around I, I did it over the course of a, uh, of away games, so it didn't matter. Right. This time around, it was the only time I could go had I had to miss a game and it was not a huge deal. I mean, this was still sure. 
this was still the 2021 year that was a little, you know, that was Bad. they started in January. You know, it was a very big deal, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, but, but this I, year I for the rookie, feel, yeah, go ahead. This year for the rookie games, they're doing something a little different. First of all, there's no game in New York. They are both in the general area. I'll start. I'll, I'll tease it that way to start with. Okay. They are both. They are both against the Rangers again. So it's the Rangers rookies against the Flyers rookies. The difference is they are playing these games, and I wonder. I kind of wonder if this has to do with not that they don't have training facilities and things like if a guy gets hurt that they don't have the facilities at the practice arena right not to say that but this you know what now that i think about it i don't know if this was they, there might have been fans allowed at the rookie game last year i think there was but, I but think it was I but, that. but it's a low but it's obviously it's a low scale thing and we knew that attendance in the early going was not like it was full attendance from the start of last year on right. But it was it was still going to be sketchy because it was going to be the first time you really opened your doors in full for everything. It was weird. Like yeah. it, the entirety of 2021, they never went above 3,500 fans in Wells Fargo Center, and the practice facility was closed, just flat out closed. So this was like the first opening of all that stuff. So I think there was some like it was noticeably spacious for practices during training camp last year, right? Which didn't really have anything to do with talent or expectations everybody was kind of looking forward to seeing this new look team and all that stuff so that really wasn't the reason most of it was covid related still at that time sure there was definitely still now that we're kind of past a lot of that at least when it comes to attending big public events there's you know right. you do you do you however you want to do you obviously but right. they're having these two games at the ppl center in lehigh valley i think that's a good thing um, it does give you more of an arena setting to do it. So yes, if something happens in game, like it, well, like you got to realize the whole situation when he got hurt was very awkward. Like he gets hurt, he's crawling himself to the bench. The bench is technically not near the locker room. He had to be helped to the locker room area. Like it, it, it's 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 awkward. In this yeah. case, it's much more equipped to be a. a because it's an AHL arena, it's right. much more equipped to be well, a rookie game setting. Also, how were how were the Phantoms' attendance last year? Because I don't believe um, they were particularly good, right? I don't know if there was any restriction there, to be honest, though. I okay. don't know if they started with any number. Well, I just mean in terms of actual drawable attendance. I would call it – I don't know I, – like, I don't know – I they don't wonder, track. They don't track the numbers like the NHL does. Like they do. That's fair. Do, they list attendance every game. For me to get an average for you, I'd have to look no, at every fair. home game they played. All I'd say I was, wonder. I'd is say if, it was typical. Okay. Like, All like, I wonder is if maybe it was down a little bit. Maybe we're putting these games there to kind of. I'm try sure it was. I'm sure it was down. City. Well, I'm sure it was down a little bit in terms of. Let's like, this way. If you thought the Flyers were bad, the Phantoms were bad too. The Phantoms were hurt all year though. Yep. Which made it well hurt. Slash every flyer that was hurt, they had guys filling in. I mean, all the Phantoms got called. Does anybody? Up, I mean, right. you remember when Linus Hogberg got <laughs> called up? Yep. Like, or or Hayden Hodgson? Like, hey, listen, when you're I calling at, up, I was at the Hayden. No, Hodgson I know. Debut I'm game just saying, when you have Missouri. those guys getting called up and playing, then the Phantoms are going to take a hit. That's fair. Like the Phantoms were calling up ECHL guys. For the to record, play. I think Hayden Hodgson makes the team by 2025. Um possible I don't know. <laughs> you know like i'm not gonna 
He's, I think he's <laughs> Listen, one of the we're few, in, a summer show, in all serious in all seriousness. I think he's one of the few players, like few restricted free agents, that doesn't have a contract yet. Like oh. qualifying offer was out there, but they're working, and then there's no arbitration. Like all the arbitration, that, yeah, that's the reason. No way he has arbitration. Yeah, but well, no, no, no. That's the reason why we like Zach McEwen was the only eligible Flyers case. He went to well, he didn't go to arbitration. He filed. They resolved before the hearing. Before the, right. So there was only, I think there was only one hearing that actually happened among all of the arbitration cases. It was Trennan for Nashville. Okay. Because and and the difference, believe it or not, I think the discrepancy there between the two sides was years. Oh. It was he wanted two, and Nashville only offered one, and that's what went to arbitration. And really. He, and, he got, and he got his two years. Good for him. So there you go. I mean, it wasn't really a big money issue. I mean, like there were bigger disparities in money. For guys like Jesper Bratt was a big one. And they resolved before the whole thing went to an arbitration hearing. So, like, most of the time these things are non-stories. That's so, fair. but either way, like, yeah, I think that that's, it's an interesting case. We'll see what happens with these yeah. rookie games. But these two games are on Friday, September 16th and Saturday, September 17th, which I believe is the close. So it's kind of interesting because what's going to end up happening then, as far as I can tell, and there's no official schedules yet, obviously. They, they issue right. the day-to-day stuff closer to when it happens. They'll get on the ice for your typical session on Thursday the 15th for okay. rookie camp. I assume there may be a morning session on the 16th on Friday, and then the group will go and play. Okay. Because the game is at 7.05 at PPL Center. Okay. Then the next day, because you just played in a game, I assume that there would be... I mean, they, they could do the morning skate thing if they really wanted to. Probably not. Well, but it's camp. And you're That's and then fair. and then you're getting four days between that and the start of main That's camp. That's fair. So they might still skate them as a morning skate deal and then say play the game. Right. And then that's it. Rookie camp is over. The game, by the way, is that, that afternoon at 5.05. Okay. But, yeah, and that's why yeah. I'm calling it a morning skate. You that's might fair. you might go to PPL Center at 10 a.m., do a quick skate, and then say, okay, warm-ups are at 4.30. Right, go take a nap in the hotel. Something <laughs> like that. But either way, um, and then the, then the main camp starts, and then, again, on ice for the main camp is September 22nd. The 21st is all the other formalities. And then you're pretty much two days of on-ice stuff, and you're doing September 24th preseason game. You're playing the Bruins at 7 o'clock at Wells Fargo Center. Then there's a bit of a gap. Like, the Flyers don't play preseason-wise. Their home preseason games are really scattered. Like, Saturday the 24th, Wednesday the 28th, Tuesday, October 4th. You know, so in between. And they have some interesting ones in here, too, by the way, because they play Buffalo on the road in the preseason on the 27th. They play on a Saturday afternoon in Boston for preseason, which I love the sound of because but you play two of these preseason games and you're already kind of done with this, especially yeah. as you narrow down the roster. The idea of a Saturday afternoon road game, which I, so I won't be there. Right. Let's put it this way. They won't even be able to take more than likely anyway, take the whole team. A group will go play in Boston and they'll do like basically a glorifying skate from Voorhees. Right. With everybody who didn't go, well, then I'll like I'll go to that possibly. Sure. Like I'll go to the morning skate, catch up with whatever's going on there, and then go and catch the game. And I'm done by four o'clock in the afternoon, as nice. opposed to, you know, oh, like Slogging like that first. Well, that first no, but that game. no, but that first Saturday, for example, twenty fourth, they'll have 
a game group that does the morning skate stuff. They'll have a non-game group that probably does the more intense practice session. Sure. And then the game group will go to the arena that night and play. Right. Now, I don't know if the Flyers would do this anytime soon. It's obviously not happening this year. But something I saw when the NHL put out the full preseason schedule for the league, something that I saw that was very common, which I think is a good idea if you're trying to get some preseason games in, is there are teams, and I think Nashville's doing this, Vegas might be doing it, teams like that, I guess, are doing things where the team will have a preseason game at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and then have another at 7. Okay, we and we've seen the Flyers play split squad games with, like, the Islanders. We've seen them do split squad where one arena oh, hosts one and one's the other. Same building. Same Oh, same building. Okay. Still split squad, though. It's split squad, but they get that's a way to basically say the entire team travels, the road team does, the entire home team gets into a game, and right. you get to split the rosters down the middle, and it's all in one day. And, like, here's the thing about the split squad games that I remember. I saw a couple examples of this Imagine still. buying a ticket to a hockey doubleheader. Sure. That'd be but, pretty cool. But here's the thing that I saw that was different from what the Flyers is doing, and some other teams are still doing this. You would do a Flyer split squad on, like, say, night one. Right. Very first preseason game. Oh, it's split squad. They're playing at home at seven, and they're playing in New Jersey at seven. Just throwing it out there. That's the problem, actually, is that they're playing at home at seven, and they're playing in New Jersey at seven, which means you're splitting up the coaching staff. You're splitting up the rosters. You're splitting up everything. And I have no way to really report on one versus the other. Like, right you're either getting one or you're getting the other. Right. Like at best I can give you a score update from New Jersey and tell you, Oh yeah, it's two, nothing. This guy scored for the flyers. Done deal. Right. Right. Sure. Like, but I'm not going to be able to tell you, Oh, this guy looked really good. And and there's, you're not going to be able to cover both. And there's rules to this though, too, because you have to have a certain veteran number in these preseason games, which means that on a night when I'm trying, like, like a perfect example would be for this season. If they did, this would be, Okay, so Sean Couturier is playing in the home game because they need a certain number of veterans dressed for that. And I want to see how Sean Couturier looks coming off the injury, and I can give a full report on that because I'm going to be there watching that game. Right. But let's say Kevin Hayes is playing in New Jersey for the other half of the split squad, and I'm wondering the same thing. I can't tell you how he looked other than that maybe he scored a goal or two, you know, or whatever. Like, I can't tell you. And same on the other side, like fans, uh, sure, you can flip channels, sure, you can right. dual, dual dual window if you're watching on a But, monitor. like, I'm trying to picture it from, like, I picture it from a standpoint of a John Tortorella type, right? Like, sure. a, a guy who's coaching the team. You can coach both games. Sure. And, and, well, like, if they're one after the other. Right, 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 right. Hey, That's 1 fair. o'clock, I coach the 1 o'clock game, and we're coming back at 7 with a new group of players. I'm coaching them, too. Right. And, it's, and he gets that full evaluation instead of relying on a the coaching assistance. staff. Right. That, with assistance that gets sent out to do that. Like, that's the difference. But either way, I think that that's a really cool touch. I think that that's something that actually to cut down on preseason time, but still get games in. Right. Because not everybody, like, like no, not everybody plays every game. Right. So why would you be concerned with why this? Why are you wasting days off? And, and just in general, it's like, it, it will be a way to get everything more compacted into a smaller time frame. Right. And then, by the way, a couple of the other important dates as we wrap up the preseason stuff is that they um, have a – the rosters are due by 5 p.m. on October the 10th. Okay. 
Uh, I now I believe that I don't know when the NHL officially gets started. Now, I know they're doing kind of doing some of that international stuff again. I believe so on October. Yes, so Friday, October seventh, there are preseason games. Right. But there yeah. is also a regular season game at two p.m. that I believe is in that is in Czech Republic again, just yeah. like it was a couple of years ago. Same difference the next day. Now that's the one difference, by the way. The Flyers went and did this, and they had one game, and it was come home. Yep. They, they are actually two games up. They're home and homing this basically. Well, yeah, but they weren't going to take a home game from Chicago. Let's be honest. I guess not. Maybe that's the case. Yeah, and then and, on it, 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 but well, it, so it's okay to take a home game away from Nashville in that case. Like Nashville draws. Yeah, but they're not. They're not Chicago in terms of Nashville. No, but Nashville wasn't even the like Nashville wasn't even who owns in the Nashville? top ten. What's this? Who owns Nashville? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. Who owns Chicago? Well, yeah, of course. It, hello. <laughs> you sure do know without having to look it up. Well, of course we do, we do now. <laughs> well, yeah, but you knew – like you're a hockey guy. You knew who Rocky Wirtz was two years ago. No, that's – okay, hang on a minute. Here's the funny part because I just looked up who owns the Nashville Predators or what it lists as the owner. The owner is – I'm not kidding you when I say this. The ownership is Predators Holdings, LLC. <laughs> Do better, Nashville. Okay, okay hold, hold hold on. The company. Let's see what this. Is. The company. Who, yeah, also, I was gonna, who who has company, stakes in Nashville? The, the company also owns Powers Management, which manages the day to day operations of Bridgestone Arena. So it, oh, this is like again, so they own the building. A, they own the building. The company consists of local businessmen in a variety of areas. Which now, in fairness, knowing which city you're talking about, probably a good chance that you got a couple of restaurant bar owners that are doing Broadway stuff to begin with. That's fair. Um, maybe somebody who owns, you know, it's all tied together. Let's be real. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if part of the group of business, like sometimes they have like the namesake of the arena, the people who, you know, the company that has the namesake has yeah, no, some stake in it in some shape or form. Yeah, it's just a bunch of local business. Here, now here's the in, okay. Now here's the interesting part, though. Do you know who previously owned the Nashville Predators? Craig Leopold, who yes. currently owns the Minnesota Wild. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure we threw that out there because there was actually a, a face and a name to the whole thing. That is very funny. for a little for a little while. I mean, and I say a little while because that now we're going on about fifteen years almost of this ownership group. Pretty close, that, yeah. I mean, that's two thousand eight was, was almost it, fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was sold. Uh, in two, it was sold technically in two thousand seven. Still, Leopold didn't buy the Fred buy the Wild until two thousand eight. Thousand years old. Okay, I hear you, <laughs> but but my point my point was is in terms of a draw. I get you with the ownership thing. That's fair. Right. But Nashville was fourth highest in attendance last year in the NHL. On average, that's fair for for a team that was like no better than a wild card, and we all knew right. It. Oh now, right. This year might be a different story. I don't know, but either way, um, now were there any other games? I wonder if the N- NHL started making these plans when Victor Arvidsson was still in Nashville. Oh, that that's interesting. Um, oh, that's good. Good point. Uh, I don't know though because I feel like this came together within the last year. That's fair. Because because and up, Philip Forsberg's a big enough name to draw that European crowd anyway. Well, so and like here's they're gonna get they're gonna draw sure and like it, it, I don't know if I mean yes the teams matter to some extent you want a representation of where you're playing on the roster. Don't get me oh, wrong. The fact that Roman Yossi's going. Well, sure that's that's be oh sure it should be because that's not that big of a travel deal. Right. For people that's, who want to go see him as a near near his home country. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Um, but 
but like what I'm looking at is like we always knew like it, it's it's a big draw globally for the league. Oh yeah, because aren't there more, aren't there more of these later this year? Uh, I think so. Like they, they I don't they, know where they're they doing are. The, but I they're know. doing the spring like that's the fall series, and there's kind of a spring one too that kind of yeah. rolls around. But because the next games I have up here are not anywhere else, like the regular season unofficially or officially starts on Tuesday, October 11th. Right. The and Flyers then it really gets going on the 11th with the two games there, and then the Flyers. Because well, by that point, you're games. yeah. Because by that point, the rosters have been submitted. So that means that means that Nashville and San Jose have to submit a roster way earlier than that. October 10th date because they're already going to be playing by them. But, yeah, but it'll probably no, I know not be, that it matters. It'll probably but, just be the day before the game. Like we saw an extra flyer that's about go when. to the Czech Republic. So oh, they, they absolutely do that. Yeah, I remember. Or no, I'm sorry, it was Joel Farabee who didn't go to the Czech Republic, right? No, he did. Oh, he, he went. did. He right, was, right, right. He went and then they didn't made make the, the decision team. while they made the right. decision while he was there. I wouldn't be surprised if San Jose and Nashville end up in kind of a similar spot. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're and they're young enough teams that. You can bring certainly just bring over a couple of younger players and say, oh, "Listen, for sure, just for the experience." Easy. But that's but the bottom line is that so by the tenth, you need to submit the rosters for everybody else, and then games are starting on the eleventh, and then the thirteenth is when the Flyers get going. Yeah, and uh, quite you know, frankly, we have uh, several several weeks until then, several shows until then, and not the season, really I mean, a whole lot to talk about. The season opener is two months from yesterday. When we're when we're recording, obviously it's Sunday yeah. morning. So and I'm, the I'm not excited yet. I'm still. I don't know how. I to be honest, I just don't know how people are going to get up for this when they were I'm already disappointed. Well, no, but like not a lot though. You know what I mean? I can't see a lot of people getting up for this when there was a lot of people that were pretty much done from the second that they didn't do anything. The approach they talked about in free agency. Yeah. Um. So where I'm at now. I know that I'm going to be excited to watch hockey. I'm going to be excited to watch Flyers hockey because I love watching Flyers hockey. That's why this show exists. (sighs) Then I think about it a little more and I realize what, quote, watching Flyers hockey is going to mean this year. Sure. And a lot of that excitement kind of fizzles. Yeah, I, I, maybe maybe this is different for you because you're not in state anymore like you were previously. For me, the knowledge that I even have to go to 41 is <laughs> like, like, I, like I can't you're help in a bit but, of a unique situation. Well, no, I know, but yeah. I, I can't help but see big picture here and go, oh, my goodness, we're going to get to March. And this is going to like you're going to wonder how you made it that long. With yeah, some but of the, the thing is, for you, Torts is probably going to start screaming by November. So like. <laughs> Things I, could get very. I don't even know how like, very quickly. I don't know, like, like, uh, uh, no joke, because I'm I'm rethinking how I covered the team this year a little bit. Like, okay. like you know, well, in terms of like you know, I used to do observations before and a, or after every game. Five, let's do five observations. That ain't happening game. this year. Well, because I don't know what people are going to even care to hear about. Like, I'm sorry, I can't keep pulling. There's not going to be many positives to pull per oh, se. Joel Farabee and, had another one goal, one assist night. So, well, and and my, that's why my thought process was it'll probably become a weekly thing. I okay. could probably do five weekly observations for you. You can do like a three stars of the week type of thing. You can there's there's all sorts of stuff you can do there. I mean, three stars of the week is a little, you know, pushing it even there because That's it's fair. Uh, let's go this way. I try to come up with a player to watch before every game. Okay. That was a stretch at the end of last year. I mean, and this year, like this year, the easy thing would be like what I did last year. Twenty twenty one was awful, right? The the little twenty twenty one season. Yeah. 
they went into 2022 and it went, okay, players to watch every new guy. Okay. Cam Atkinson, Derek Broussard for the little bit in the beginning, Ryan Ellis, you know, and then, uh, so I'm trying to think if there was anybody else that was like coming on. Cause I, Derek Broussard was probably not really on the radar. Right. I probably rode the Derek Broussard, Cam Atkinson, Joel Farabee line for a couple weeks. Cause they were that doing so well. Was it was fun. just, it was just rotate the three. Yep. And then, oh, oh, by the way, while that was going on, you still had Sean Couturier you could go to. You still had Claude Giroux you could go to. You still had Kevin Hayes for a little that you could go to. Well, not in the beginning, but when he came back, and then you, when those you could names go to started him. falling off, you had new guys to watch. You had your Hayden Hodgson's. You had your... I didn't I didn't go that far. Oh, you didn't? It. Okay. No, okay. well, it, de- it depends. Like, I think I did when Cam York came in the lineup. I did Cam York. That's when, fair. That makes sense. When... Um, who else would I be thinking of with that? I, I probably did Noah Cates at some point because Cates okay. actually looked good. So he I actually solid. was so I was able to do that. When Bobby Brink debuted, I used him. Like things like that. But there wasn't many guys who you could sit there and say, Yeah, you know what? This is the guy you're getting up for. I like, can't wait for this team to mishandle the Bobby Brink injury. Oh, I can't wait. I, I you know what? I, and I, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. I would hope they wouldn't because of the fact that by the time the time co- no, by the time the time I would hope they wouldn't too. But I would hope they wouldn't because by the time it comes time for him to come back, that you would already know where you stand. So you don't feel like you're playing the rush game here. I just mean in general. Like I just I know. don't trust this franchise with anything. And it's a hip. They're gonna screw this kid up for life. Hundred percent, and he looks like a talented hockey player. His name's Bobby Orr Brink, for Christ's sakes. Is it? Is and they're it possible? Gonna screw him up. Is it possible though that in some cases with players you just get damaged goods? Let's go around the NHL for a minute because I saw Patrick, some, well, Sam Morant. They all came in well, with damaged goods, you, huh? I don't. Well, because here, well, hear, hear me out. Did you? Well, I don't know about Sam Morant. Sam Morant, I think his injury, like it, it, he just kept reaggravating the same injury. At what point is that on your medical staff? Like. <sighs> Figure it out. That's your job. Okay. Well, then this is why this is why this is my counter to that. Then because I happened to see this yesterday because I was trying to get prepped. I saw that I saw those important dates we were talking about from Sam Carcitti first. Just throwing it out there. I mean, a lot of people had it, but that was where I saw it first. And I go back to make sure I'm referencing all the right things and go look at his tweet that he put out, which was literally a screenshot of whatever email came out or whatever. Um. And I see a tweet yesterday, eleven as as we're recording this, eleven hours ago. So it was late. It was like almost like after eleven o'clock at night on Saturday the thirteenth of right. August. We are what at that point? Six weeks away from training camps. Something like that. Yeah. Close to. Yep. According to per the Las Vegas Sun, flyer former Flyer center Nolan Patrick is expected to wind up on LTIR due to due to an ongoing upper body issue. Upper body, huh? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I'm not, so, not the most devastating injury for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. No, but, but like the point being, at some point in time, it is the player, right? Because Anthony Stolarz too. Like, there's just so many cases of it. Right, but it's not like it's it stopped when they left. Anthony Stolarz has been pretty. Well, Stolarz solid. bounced he's, back. He's bounced back. Yeah, but I don't recall Stolarz having any big injury issues here other than the one that really derailed him, like the the one knee injury. Like since then, I recall him being healthy and never getting an opportunity. Like so something something we mentioned on the podcast back in the day, I'm talking original 25 episodes mm-hmm. or so, is we did actually have a little bit of inside knowledge at the time. And uh, the team's opinion was that Anthony Stolarz was never going to play hockey again. 
and 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 in that case, then yes, that's wrong on their evaluation. Then right, and I'm talking six months after he injured it. Like they had plenty of time to evaluate. Like sure, it wasn't a rash. No, and I know. and I don't buy into stuff like that. I mean, maybe they thought it was serious enough that hey, you're a goalie with a second knee injury, you're in trouble here. That's fair. But, Which it's a fair it's a fair like precautionary measure or a prayer a, a fair early evaluation right. And without but, going too far down the rabbit hole, I mean, the, the team has a bit of a history for it. Like, I know we're talking well, rotten apple trees, but like. But there was a, like, it, it's important to note that that's not the trainers. That's, that's fair. Conditioning. No, that's fair. Like, you have conditioning coaches who handle whether or not, like, or, or at least are supposed to be monitoring and handling what players do to avoid these long-term injuries. And sometimes it's a freak thing, and sometimes it's not. But. That's what happens in those situations. This is not Jim McCrossin who comes out and then treats a guy while on the ice and then gets him back no, to the doctor. No, office. I agree. Now, that being said, that whole department could, for all I know, could look different in a month. Right. Like, and Wade Allison's making me nervous, too, by the way. Just with how his, he's been re-aggravated a couple of times and well, that's look, because that's gonna, to get healthy, stay healthy, whatever. Because that's, well, that's, that's going to be the bottom line with him. Like, there's just no way around it. He, yep. he he may be a good player in the league. He may be, you know, for all I know, he could be an all-star eventually with goal-scoring potential. But and until you stay on the ice and do it, we right. can't go any further. I know you're a, you're a big believer in the best of ability is availability, and I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Well, because for him in particular, there's a lot of reasons to get, like, if Owen Tippett had the same issue, couldn't get on the ice, but we were talking about a guy who we think could just score twenty goals. Kid, huh? Well, n- no, because to me, he, they 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 come. I they're know. cut. From, they're cut from the same cloth. Not not only in appearance, but in ability. Like what their what their main skill set is. Totally. That's that's what the story is. Like both of them are said to have a really good shot, can score goals. They're both gunners for sure. At least Owen Tippett's played. So you sit there, you look at the contract he gets, and you go, like like when we like we didn't talk much about Owen Tippett's contract when it came out. Because yeah. we were talking about a lot of other stuff, obviously. But, like, my evaluation on that was if he gives you what he gave you last year or on pace for what he gave you last year in the brief time after the trade. So let's call it 12 goals. And it was okay, paying a million. Years at, two years at one and a half per, right? I think it was, yeah, one, one and a half. Yeah, one and a half because 175 was the other guys. Right, right, right. So right. one and a half. But that's what I'm saying. Is that perfectly legitimate for a guy who makes one and a half million dollars? Sure Absolutely. it is. That's a nice little bridge two-year prove-it deal. So what happens if he scores 20? Then for that, two years, it's a steal. For, yep. And then right? you're going to have to pay him three, four. You know, you're going to have to start but that's what makes it money. perfectly acceptable. You gave, yep. him, you gave him the prove-it deal. Okay. Yep. We believe in your ceiling. We believe that you can reach this potential in goal scoring and whatnot. Do it. And if yeah. you do it, we're 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 reaping the benefits for two years, and if not, then that's what your next contract's going to be after that. If we keep you, I mean, there's the, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with keeping a guy who you think can play third line wing and scores twelve goals a year. For the record, I think Chuck Fletcher has done a reasonable job outside the top six, outside the top, you know, like in the depth signings, in the mid-tier, low-tier guys. I think he's done a reasonable, reasonable, reasonable. Do do you know what I would call the most reasonable thing he's done out of that then? Okay. He's kept it in-house. Yes. And and again, for the most part, take away the Nick Delorier contract. uh, Right. But other than the Nick Delorier contract and the Rasmus for Salinan contract, 
Generally speaking, and I even consider that kind of top tier with just how he signed them. But, like, among these well, yeah. depth guys, I think Chuck Fletcher has done a reasonable job of keeping numbers low, setting up good little contracts, kind of keeping the right pieces in place. Well, and I do want to give him a little bit of credit, and that's why I think the problem isn't necessarily him, but goes over his head and talks about kind of the overreach. But that's we're not going down. Well, that right, but that. that's like, and that's why that's why I say, like for me that's why I say keeping it in house because I'd ra- if you're going to be the team that you're going to be based on the way your top six looks, based on what we what we think we know about Ryan Ellis, based on all of this other stuff and where you allocated all the money, then if this is the type of team you're going to be, then at least play kids who everybody wants to see. At least try to make some progress here. Right. Like give and and in some cases it was easy because yes they're restricted they're easy to resign because you're given qualifying offers you're negotiating then don't like you're not out here trying to make the big splash and throw Morgan Frost in a deal you're not trying to do you like Owen Tippett's right. part of this whenever they get a contract for Wade Allison who is one of the few that's left and still hasn't signed yet whenever that happens it would have been the case you know or he didn't need a new contract I don't believe but it would have been the case with Brink like. Noah Cates is is one of these guys, right? Like, then keep rolling those guys out as much as anything because at this point, people want to see two things with those guys. A, their progress over the course of a full year, full offseason, all that. And I think everybody wants to see how younger players react to Tortorella. Fair. Because I have no doubt in my mind that a player like Cam Atkinson can take John Tortorella. He Not has. just because, well, he has before, but okay, fine. Let's take a guy who hasn't had him before. I even have no doubt in my mind that a player like Kevin Hayes can take. Oh, I disagree strongly. Really? I, I, hmm, okay. Okay, let's, let me pick a different guy then. And he's not going to play at the beginning, but here's a guy who I think can take him. I have no doubt in my mind that Joel Farabee can take John Tortorella. See, see, and that's the name. Or I do you really to believe up. that anybody who's never had him before is going to be in? No, for no, a no, week? no, no, no. I think Kevin Hayes is a douche canoe, and we'll stick with that. <laughs> uh, and I think him and Tortorella are going to clash and scream at each other, and it's going to be well, great. I, and they might love each other in like the Italian, "Hey, we're family. We scream at each other, but we love each other" kind of way. <laughs> well, they both. I think they both come from that kind of upbringing anyway. Right. Even oh, even, Tortorella. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean Hayes, though. No, too. I know. Even, that's even fair. with the last name like Hayes, I think that that's still his. Um, no, that's absolutely his personality, but when they clash, it's going to be nasty. No, I think your season hinges, because we've talked about the fact that there's a world that exists where the right players get healthy and the spark is right, right. and this team is actually decent. I think that hinges on Tortorella's relationship with two players. Okay. And I think it's Kevin Hayes because he's the soul of the locker room. Okay. And I think it's Joel Farabee because he's your young spark. If and Farabee doesn't matter at the beginning, but yes, I get sure. your point. If you lose, if you're Tortorella and you lose Hayes, you lose the room. Period. Okay. If you alienate Farabee and turn off the scoring again once he comes back and once he's healthy, sure. Then you tank the room. I think, and I'm not saying John Tortorella should change his coaching style. Okay. I'm not saying he should bow to it's them. Fair. I'm not. But I think those are the two okay. biggest relationships in that room is the relationship between Tortorella and Joel Farabee and the relationship between Tortorella and Kevin Hayes. And I think if he loses either one of those, it'll be very difficult for the Flyers to be good this year. I d- okay, here's the thing. I don't disagree with those two players being important to not losing room. I'll tell you how you're going to really know if he loses the room, though. If there's two players that he has issues with, truly, 
that I can't see him having issues with because I do think they're guys who can handle it. They're veteran guys who know. But if you lose either of these two guys, I think it's detrimental to the room. Okay. If you somehow lose Sean Couturier, then I think you've you've done oh, Sean Couturier. I think is a player that even though he's and never I, been under John Tortorella, he sure. can take it. He can take okay, it. and then he's the other one who love torts. Now the other one who I think can take it, who I think can handle it. But if you lose him, you're in big trouble. Is Scott Lawton? I agree. Because that's I think another Scott guy Lawton's who I think more important in that room than maybe fans know looking in. Well, be, and, and uh, there's a lot of people that are kind of fifty fifty on this when like when people talk about because it's it's a discussion and we don't have to have a full blown discussion on it right now, but because it's not important in August, but. Right. You know, you already know what it is about where, but it's like 50 50 on people who understand why Scott Lawton could be a captain and people who go, you don't do that. You and and I had a brief conversation before the show about Jacob Trubin being named the captain of the New York Rangers. Mm -hmm. And that's us mentioning it. And I don't really care to talk about it. So there you go. (laughs) Because all the things we can say about Jacob Trubin, we can also say about Scott Lawton. And I'd much rather talk about the Flyers than the Rangers. So bite me. Well, you gotcha. (laughs) Um, So. Jacob Trouba was named the captain. Scott Lawton is a potential name that I could see. I could see right. the boys rallying around Scott Lawton, putting the shirt sure. on his chest, saying, you're our guy. And it kind of, it, hmm, yeah. And him not necessarily leading from the front in terms of scoring, but from being a vocal in a locker room, he, a, yeah. a relationship leader. And that's fine. That being said, I think they're going to stick it on Kevin Hayes and... The thought kind of turns my stomach, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I, I hope not. It, it, if, if we're going to be wrong about the Scott Lawton thing, which I, I don't think Lawton's going to get it in the end anyway, okay. to be honest. You either take the... I think Comcast will want it on a bigger name. Well, here's the thing. To me, you either put it on the most obvious bigger name, which would, be, which would be Couturier, yeah. or to me, you, you put it on the guy who gives you the easiest transition to the coach as possible, which is Cam Atkinson. I, okay, I'm not saying I agree with this necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't think the city reacts well to putting the C on the guy who's been here for a year. I don't know about that, though, because I, I think there's a reason why he was your team MVP last year. Okay. Like, um, I think people I think people embrace the fact that I, in a year when effort was questioned a lot. I, I think if Cam Atkinson was 26 or 27, it'd be a lot a lot easier. Because because he's so young and we're looking forward to another decade with him under your captaincy and blah, blah, blah. But Cam Atkinson's, what, 32? Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at – he's been here for a year and we're looking at making him captain for like the last four of his career or whatever. I, look, I, here, here's the thing. I, those it, it, It's just a logical – Sure. Answer for answer for no, me. That's fair. It, it, do you want to know what the real answer for me is if I had to pick somebody? Okay. The real answer is nobody. I agree. I, I do the I whole year without one. A captain. I just do the whole year without one. Here's the problem. That's not going to happen because they've they've kind of already hinted at, at as so, much. If they decide not to trade him, do you think there's any chance it gets put on Provy? Well, they're not going to trade him at this point. No, so. I agree. But um, well, okay. No. If it, okay, I, I did answer your question by the way. Right. No. I, yeah. I think. I think Chuck Fletcher seriously faced the concept of trading Ivan Provorov for the first time this summer. And I think he I mean, he obviously chose not to because we're sitting here and Ivan Provorov is still a member of the team. But I'm curious, now mm-hmm. that he has seen that that's out there, 
I'm curious if that changes moving forward. Because I think Ivan Provorov's one of those teams, or one of those players that a lot of teams look at and go, what can we do with him? Sure. Oh, I agree with that. Quite frankly, I think John Tortorella is going to do fantastic things with Ivan Provorov, and I can't wait. I'd love to uh, look, and that's the thing. I'd love to see if he evolves into the player that everybody thought he could be, because that would make a that would make a huge difference. Like, there's been a lot of like conversation about who, like, like, okay, let's go back to Cam Atkinson for a second in this equation, because is anything going to change about Cam Atkinson's game? No, probably not, because he's already played under Tortorella. Tortorella is going to use him in a way that he's familiar with, right? Yeah, but I'm not worried about him changing within the system. I'm worried about him changing as he ages. That well, that's that's a different conversation, though. Right. Okay. I'm not I'm not Fair worried enough. about health or long longevity or anything Fair like enough. that. I'm like literally going into this year. Is anything changing with his style? No, no, because Tortorella already knows what to do with him. Yep. If anybody so, knows how to deploy, so Cam I don't Atkinson, think so. I don't think he's part of the discussion with what player has the biggest. Does Tortorella have the biggest impact on? You know what I mean? Because, like, I want to see what Provorov does with you know with Tortorella's guidance or in his system or how it works for him. I agree. I think that that's. I think the same thing goes for Travis Konechny, who has made it through another off season. Like, okay, yeah. you've got to see what comes of that. You know, you just have to. And like I like I feel more strongly about players like that than I do about a Sean Couturier or a Kevin Hayes because there's too there's too much background information. You know like, what you're gonna get from those guys. Just you kind of what well, you kind of do. Like I, like I think you can, and, you can well, feel it, pretty good about what you're getting from Sean Couturier. Well, yeah. I, oh He's no, a I very know. Consistent I, you know, I, like sure. It's like your argument for Farabee is a great one. Because Farabee's the guy who, yes, you at that point you want to see what happens when Tortorella gets his hands on on him and does more with how he's utilized in the lineup or on a power play or whatever, right? Like, there's there's a lot of future head. It, it's going to be the same way, not not in the same style, obviously, but it's going to be the same way with Carter Hart. Yeah, like yeah. a younger guy who's got a lot of career left in front of him by all accounts. How do we what manage happens, him? Right. What but happens to him now with a different coach? Especially if the season goes south. Like, is John Tortorella willing to you play your backup 50-50 down the stretch just so you're not burning out Carter Hart? Or is he still scraping for every point? That's, it's going to be interesting to see where the team is at. That's going to be a more interesting question once we actually have an answer to who is the backup. That's fair. Because I don't even know if we know that. At this given point. Yeah, but it's one of those things that it'll it'll resolve itself. There's somebody out there. But, uh, no, I hear you there. I mean, it, like, it, it's it's just an interesting question because sure. it could be Felix Sandstrom. I don't know what the deal with Sam Erson is to he can because I know that he didn't play as much at the minor league levels. I think they wanted him to last year. So I right. assume he's behind. But by all accounts, I believe that he comes in, kind of advertises the better goalie that's able to play. I guess right. is the best way to describe it at this point. Um, they could Eligible. certainly they could certainly look. They could certainly go with the guy that they signed on free agency day. But that's he's he's probably third behind those two. Even Flyer signed a guy on free agency day. It was minor league deal, <laughs> right? But still, like there's nonetheless good old, good old blank check Chuck. But well, that wasn't. He didn't say the blank check line. Let's there, just uh, fine. Leave it. Good old aggressive retool, Chuck. Yeah, 
How about I hear that? You. Minor league goalie. Well, either way, like, but those are the guys that matter. And Provorov's definitely in mean, Travis Sanheim is too, for that matter. And Travis Sanheim, it's a big year because yeah. it's a contract year. Like, I don't, who knows where Travis Sanheim is by the end of the year? It might not be in Philadelphia. I think there's a world where under John Tortorella, Sanheim and Provorov make sense. Possibly. And I, I be the thing, the interesting discussion, because I like, you're not going to trade Ivan Provorov and or, and or Travis Konechny at the trade deadline this year. You're not. There's too many years left for both. There's what, too many. No. What is what does Konechny have two after this? It's too full after this, but that's the thing. You, like you're not trading two and a half years of a guy with cap hits over five mil. Not at the deadline. What if what if the cap hits not five mil? It would only be for half. Well, yeah, but no, no team, no team like the Flyers is retaining half for the remainder of the contract. Two more seasons? No. Maybe not half, but if you retain them, you know, one and a half mil, get it down to four. I don't think a team's taking it. Eh, We'll see. Like, in return, like, if you're going to retain... All I'm saying is that I don't think it's as locked down as you do. I'm not saying it's going to happen. All right, so so hear, hear me out then. Sure. I don't think they're getting traded at the deadline because I don't think you're... I just don't think you're making that call. You're going to see if you can't turn the corner in some way or whatever. Here's the question though that comes into play because where like it's where do you see Provorov? Where do you see Sanheim? Where do you see Carter Hart even? Where do you see anybody else? Joel Farabee? Like you name him Joel Farabee's locked up even longer term. Right. And that Travis Connecting another one at forward. Travis Connecting being another one at forward as well. Where do you see those guys? And then does like if you're in a position so it's a t- this is a real I mean I guess this is where I guess things get interesting because you have a decision to make based on what happens in the weeks leading up to the draft the following off season because let's say you're not a very good team this year and the and the idea would be to potentially tear part of it down which right it's it, and it's a hard thing to do like it's a hard thing to do with like I think Sandheim's the one who really is the most interesting in this because yeah. Sandheim's the most likely to be traded at the deadline with the one year this- left a lot of this, by the way, depends on exactly how bad you are and exactly where you pick. Because if you're picking Connor Bedard, that changes your plans dramatically. That's where I'm going, kind of. Because that's where you don't have the ability to play the game with Sanheim, though. Right. If you go into the offseason, you kept Provrov, you kept Konechny, you kept all these other younger guys, and then you don't get the pick that would get Bedard. Right. Or even the second pick. Then maybe you're starting to think about does the third pick or further down the line not put me in a spot where I can go for it as much like right away. Bedard it, it, changes things. Connor like, Bedard opens your window, period. Well, it gives you the big piece. That's your next right. cornerstone player. And Matt Van Mitchkoff is a very good player. I don't know if he's going to be that, obviously, but he projects to be very, very good. And I'm just going to Right. And, I'm, and I guess out. where I'm going with that is the idea that if you don't get one of those two picks, do you change your mind and go full on rebuild? <sighs> not with Comcast and ownership, and like it. Keeps well, they, coming I, back I, to I, I, whether they decide to or not is like, isn't, isn't. We were the all question, screaming though. for it this la- this off. Oh, I know. But whether, off-season. whether they do or whether they don't is not the question. I'm, it, like I'm not asking right. about whether they decide to do it or not. It's it's if you are if you're supposedly going to be a smart hockey mind in this front office, do you get to a point where if you are bad this year, as bad as you could be, and you don't land one of the top two picks? Do you change your mind on where you're going at this point? Do you continue to tear it down further? 
or do you stay the course and say, no, we still have Provorov, Konechny, Sanheim. Well, maybe Sanheim. I don't know. You know, Farabee, you know, you name it. Carter well, Hart and goal. Well, Bob. Well, Paul. What well, I, and I hear you. But that, but, but see, but this is okay. This is why this is a fair question because you're saying Comcast won't ever allow for it. What happens if it's not, that's not the way it is? What happens if you've taken such a loss this year on revenues that people don't believe in you and you almost need, like, you almost need to get a Bedard at this point to, to reinvigorate the entire f- fan base because you, people don't care about you right now. Nope. And people won't care about you until you have that high end skill superstar player. And you know what's worse than being bad? Nobody caring about you. Being well, empathetic the, toward I don't want to I don't want to say that nobody cared back in the early 90s when they were not making the playoffs for 5 years, but right, what but happened right now? Failed? No, but, no, 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 but I know. right now. Butts in seats. Oh, I know, but like here, here you're I'm trying to bridge the gap here. Yeah. What happened at the end of that 5-year non-playoff run that got people interested again? Eric Lindros happened. Eric Lindros. Okay. You brought in a player who was highly touted, that level player, and people showed up like, got to see him. Got to see what all the hype is about. And then he delivered on the hype. He's an M- he, he wins the league MVP by the time he's three years into the league. Yep. They're in the Stanley Cup final five years into his career. Like, does that not equate to what you're trying to get from Connor Bedard if you got a Connor Bedard? Right. That's what gets you back into it. It's Let's put it this way. Did anybody care about the Pittsburgh Penguins until it was three years in a row of Flurry, Crosby, Malkin? Ridiculous that they won that. But, the, but it doesn't Ridiculous matter. Ridiculous that they won that lockout lottery. Maybe anyway. it is. But either way, did anybody care as much until they had that? That's fair. You That's Sometimes fair. you just need the kid who comes out of whatever pl- level he's playing at. And everybody – like like somebody put out there – I saw it this morning because World Juniors are happening as we speak. Okay. Connor Bedard's eligible for World Juniors in 2023, 2024, and 2025. Like he's going to play in it when he's 2025. He's playing in his last You'll be playing in all-star games when he's 2025. Man, imagine if they keep the tournament in August just for lulls and he just plays in it. That'd be funny, actually, yeah. Oh my God, I would love it. He just to be honest, actually, they these 19-year-old kids. It's funny, you may be onto something with that, by the way. Keep the tournament in the summer. I think it would be great. It's fun. I, I know that it's a staple of winter and all that, and it's kind of... Here's the thing. Hockey journalists like having the month of August completely off. Depends on what level of journalism you're I, talking about. That's but. fair. I think a lot of your big nationals are pretty happy about the break, and covering something like World Juniors is not exactly how they want to spend their August most years. I think that would depend on – like this year it's a struggle probably – like or not a struggle, but this year it's different because of the fact that, yes, like it was only the mid – like early July, mid-July portion when you were doing free agency and draft stuff, and now it's right. mid-August and you're doing World Juniors. I get it. If you can get back to the Stanley Cup final ends, it's draft weekend is in the tail end of June, and free agency is July 1st again. Then I think, I think you doing, can get people to buy into the mid-August. Like, let's start the tournament right now. Or even do Mid-August. it in July. Do it from July 15th to the 30th and then still give everybody August off. Like, you can still do it in the summer if you want. Yeah, it's possible. Um, regardless, we're way off track here. No, but I'm just, like, I'm just curious. Like, if the, what I was curious about is if the difference between getting – like, and the thing is is that you know – you're already going to know – 
like, I don't know exactly when the draft is next year, but let's assume it's back. Okay, so let's just assume it's back on track. Let's say it's the last weekend of June, like it typically was. Right. Because everything else here seems to be back on track, so let's call it that. You're going to know by what? Early June? Like the second weekend of June when they have the lottery? You're going to know who you're picking. Yep. I mean, if you have one of the top two, you're pretty certain of who's going one and who's going two. By the way, since we mentioned World Juniors, I do have to mention. Did you see the Michigan? Um. Oh, uh, what? Who was it? Um, Kent Johnson ripped off. Oh, Michigan Kent Johnson did, well, against Czechia, and it was fitting. nasty. It was fitting, nasty. by the way, because he went to Michigan, so it yep. only works. You know, absolutely nasty. There's, uh, there's a lot of players who because they're and then again timing. This is. I think this is a good. This is why this is good for the for the game. The timing of this tournament. You get to August. You got guys who are ramping it up to get ready to go play for their NHL teams again. Like, like, do you think for a second that as we're watching this, that Mason McTavish isn't making the team oh, next year? This is an audition for every single sure guy whose who's rights are under an NHL team already. Absolutely. Sure it is. Of course it is. But that's my point. And like, it's the perfect time for that showcase. Honestly, like, I, I don't hate August. You know, the more we talk about it, man, give me August. But give me August. But here's the thing that's really exciting. Kent Johnson's got a shot to make Columbus next year. Given he some of the should make it, it, quite frankly. I think he should, but we'll see. And Mason McTavish is doing what he's doing and have it because what 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 is he? He had a four goal game and then did he have two last night? Uh, I'm not sure. Also, I know uh, he had. I know he had at least two. Did he go any further? According according to the Sporting News, it is uh, Kent Johnson's fourth lacrosse style goal in his career. It's which is ridiculous. <laughs> There's like I saw it being like I saw it being tweeted around, obviously, and there's like this. I'm not saying it's not a cool thing to do or whatever. It's becoming obnoxious. The level of players that we're seeing, like, you know, the level of players seem to it, but the amount of times we're seeing this happen. Remember when everybody figured out how to go between the legs? Well, right. Like, that's what it is. We're watching an evolution in the sport. Which is fine. I th- I think what's like it's not obnoxious that it keeps happening. I think it's a cool move when you can pull it off. It's obnoxious that people aren't figuring out a way to defend it better. But they will, and that's the thing. How long did it take? How long did it take teams to figure out Miami's Wildcat offense? How long did it take? Like they got a whole year out of that before I teams guess, figured I get, out. I get what you're saying. Like it, I think because of the fact that like okay, this is nothing new. Andrei Svechnikov has done this multiple times. You're getting to the point where Trevor Zegers is doing well, this. and you're like, watching goalies start throwing shoulders up. You're watching defensemen coming in more slashy at the front of the net. Sure, they're gonna figure out something. I, don't I just know. don't. I just don't know why you don't. Why are we still giving that guy all that time behind the net? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yes, that's what I, I'm not talking about. Defending it from a sense of oh, a goalie can get more right. shoulders up here, or you're getting a little bit like you're trying to be more aggressive at the front. Why are we like, giving no, him that space no, in the first place? Why are place? you even? Yeah. Why yep. are you not state almost within reason making somebody stationary close enough to the goal line on because, either side of the net to to take that guy out basically? Because then. Guys are too fast, and you, if you have guys chasing him behind the net, you're going to create space in front of the net. It's going to op- different, open different scoring up. And, you're and then Trevor Zegers like is going to right. And then Trevor exactly Sonny Milano over the net, and Sonny Milano is going to baseball bat it in. I hear you. Like, and that's it's what I, and that's what I love fine. about this because right. for the for the first time, the Peter the the one handed Peter Forsberg didn't do this between the legs. Didn't really do this. Not, What's yeah. different about this? 
you're changing how you handle the puck instead of puck on ice stick against side of puck. Right. You now have puck on blade up in the air and you're not playing on the same two dimensional surface that everyone else is anymore. Right. You are 3D. You are yeah. up in the air. This is turning this is turning checkers into 3D chess. And like I like it. I think referees are going to have to start looking a lot more for high sticking violations because I think that's going to start happening and also slashing. Um, high sticking is going to be a little tough with that particular move though because it's it's very easy. once you, for guys who can pull it off as flawlessly as they can, it's very easy to keep your stick at the level you need to. But once defensemen start getting better at knocking pucks off sticks like that, bat well batting stuff then in all for of high a sudden, sticks, yes. And then all of a sudden, sticks are going to be up in the air, just not on the ice, and it's just sure. going to change how the game is played. It already has. I mean, well, it already right. has. And well, right, but when can't wait to see how the Flyers defend that this year with a guy who we know doesn't like it. I can't wait for them to defend it by getting a goalie who can't get up from the butterfly. Because that's how they're going to solve it. The backup goalie will not be able to get up out of the butterfly. Um, because that's just how we handle things. Uh, sure. Aggressive retools, blank checks. Before uh, we get out of here, are we going to do some of the f- other NHL news? Besides, yeah, I, we started with starting with our goalies. I did want to mention the Robin Lehner injury. We did talk. We did touch on it briefly with Nolan Patrick. Um, Robin Lehner is going to miss the whole season, and that's that, kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame. Um, so I have a couple. Thoughts Unless on you're this. one of those people who hates Vegas, in which case it's <laughs> no. Okay, I have a couple thoughts on this because f- first of all, kind of what a disaster of a trade this has turned out to be for Vegas in the long the run. Andre like, Fleury trade. Well, in, it's just in general going nope. and getting bringing Leonard in in general. Like, le- like last season at around maybe around this time or close to this time, maybe it was the start of training camp was more accurate, but. He he's being here. He is being a loose cannon on Twitter last year at this at around this time, right? Who did they trade him for, by the way? Who did they trade Flurry for? What Vegas? Oh, that's I'm thinking of a different trade. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Yep. I was gonna say that's not the same thing. No, you're right. My bad. But um, but like it it started with all that kind of in a way. He was a bit of a loose cannon in that regard to the point where it was like he was going to play like every other game at the beginning because they were trying to keep all that, you know, keep keep him from staying off of social media, basically. Right. The whole sword in the the back. (laughs) Right. All of that stuff. And then he does come in and he couldn't stay healthy. So down the stretch, they they quite literally missed the playoffs because they didn't have a goalie. And now they don't have a goalie again. Yeah, and if you're one of those people who is rooting against Vegas because of the, I mean, quite frankly, they're, in in the world of professional wrestling, they are full-blown heels. They are just (laughs) bad guys. You come in, you buy a house, they trade you. Um, (laughs) But from a personal standpoint on Robin Lehner, like, it is a shame. He is a guy who's, you know, well-documented tales about overcoming adversity and being an excellent, excellent goaltender and an injury like this at this stage of his career, it's, it's not pretty, great. Well, because it's because it's it's pretty detrimental, yep. you know. Like you lose a whole year of your career. But, but here's the thing: you come back at hundred. Here's the thing for me that I find very interesting. Yeah. Which is, what does this do for? Like, I don't know if it derails Vegas's playoffs, but to me, well, I, it gives him LTIR money, baby. <laughs> I guess, but well, to do what at this point, though? I mean. They still got to cle- they still got to be compliant on day one before they make that move. 
keep an eye on Connor Hellebuck. What, to trade for him? Why not? Winnipeg's going to be, I have a feeling Winnipeg is going to be bad this year. I still don't see them trading their goaltender, though, when they didn't. You never know. I'd agree with you maybe. if they traded if they traded Mark Shifley over John, the offseason, like was John thought. Gibson, maybe? Uh, no, I think Anaheim's sticking with it. Anaheim got better. That's fair. You're right. They did get better. As, as far as I'm concerned, with that, with John Gibson in goal for Anaheim, if I'm Anaheim, I'm like I'm sitting here going, oh boy, doors open. Oh yeah. Vegas, Vegas doesn't have a goalie right now. Doors open. Go play. And if I recall correctly, John Gibson rescinded his trade request. Yeah, and I think I, so. And yeah. I think that's because he went, yeah, yeah. There's um, like, I saw, I saw a couple tweets about this though. Like once this injury news came out and all that type of stuff, that the the West does not really have like you've got Colorado obviously as the defending champs and not taking anything away from them obviously, but is there even a challenger at this point, or much Seems. of one? Like, but see where I'm going with this, like. Are you considering Edmonton the biggest challenger again? The Kings are going to be good this year. Yeah, but g- good enough? Maybe. I, I mean, may, well, okay, fine. Maybe in the West, but does, does the That's East fair. not house majority of the good teams? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the, whatever like, team comes out of the West is going to have a much easier road than whatever team comes out of the East. The East is going to be war. Sure. That's the point. Like... So Any it's team funny is going to be able to come out of the West. Like, no, would it's you be funny because this St. is St. Louis. I see that, and it's funny that you just said St. Louis because I think St. Louis might be the next best team in the West. That's what I'm saying. Like they they could make a run. Minnesota could make the run. Uh, the L.A. could but, make the run. Anaheim. But exactly, could make you're the left run. asking. But you're left asking yourself outside of Colorado, who's the team that jumps off the page? Dave Haxtell and the Seattle Kraken, baby. <laughs> I I should have known we were going to get a Dave Haxtell reference on here. Um, Got to. That now mustache let's, now let's, last year was beautiful, Dave. Well, and he shaved anyway, so it's all gone. The whole thing. Like, <sighs> what a I, loser. It, I, well, whatever. Um, the mustache was great. The other, uh, the other thing that I'm bringing, the reason why I'm bringing this up partially is because outside of that, so the other player who, or one of the other players who is still out there on the free agent market, who there's no real indication where he's going, is one Nazem Kadri. Long Island. See, that's been the rumbling, right? Or Colorado. Well, sure, of course. But it's, the it's rumbling the, the rumbling is the Islanders are doing things behind the scenes. It's very, you know. Very Lou Lamorello, shady, it's, it's, shady it's, the, deals. And, exactly. Yeah. But here, okay, but I, I just want to. All I want to say about this without knowing the true answer at this stage of the game, like in two weeks when we do another show, we might have an answer on I where he ends up. <laughs> Well, no. Well, it's going to be that way for the rest of the offseason until he signs and plays True. somewhere. But, but okay. Until but, Lou announces his contract on October first, that would be something. Well, I don't know. I can't be that late because nah, training. Nah, can miss camp. It's fine. Nah, it's not going to happen. He'll not, just be practicing with the team. He won't be signed to a contract. <laughs> he'll just show up. He'll be He's, practicing wearing has, Islander gear. He has been invited to skate with the Islanders. That's right. He'll all. be wearing Islander gear. Invitation <laughs> to skate. No contract. No, yet. no, oh, wait, no contract. No, no, no. All right. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> This goes back to, I guess, two shows ago, really, is where I'm trying to go with this. Because let's say that's what happens. Not the, maybe not the whole October 1st, he's an right. invitee at training September camp. 1st. Okay, that sounds a little bit more likely. Right. Um, let's say that happens. We had, to, we had this big discussion about 
what the Flyers did versus everybody else in the division. Oh, the Islanders instantly jump way past the Flyers in that ranking. Well, I didn't. I thought they were already ahead of them to begin with. But probably. But imagine what happens if they land. Like so, at this point in time, you can go back and look. Well, no, because you can sit there and then go. (laughs) Columbus got Johnny Gaudreau. New Jersey got Andre Palat. What if the Islanders get Nazem Kadri? Like, next thing you know, like you're sitting here pointing out all these big name free agents, and everybody did something. I would like to request that we trade the entire Philadelphia Flyers roster with any team in the Western Conference, and then we just go <laughs> cheer for them. Ev- Sean Couture, everybody. Jimmy McCrossin can go, too. Like, just swap organizations with somebody in but the West. Maybe we got a shot. You get what I'm saying? It's like, I, I don't, like, there's, a pos- there's still a possibility that exists that the only team in the Metro that didn't really do anything but still has a better team as far as I'm concerned may be able to do something. And, and then the only and team in the throw their stamp on the offseason and say the Metro got every team in the Metro made some significant move. The only team in the Metropolitan that didn't make an aggressive, significant move was the aggressive retool open check Philadelphia Flyers. Well, because, no, because at that point in time, you're going to go down the list and you're going to go Johnny Gaudreau on one team, Nazem Kadri on another, Andre Pallad on another. Uh, let's see can, who can, Darcy Kemper went to Washington. Can you say organizational incompetence? Sorry. I already have. So. Just not on the show. Oh, this, not not on, this epi- not on this episode. Not on this episode. But I've done it on this show. All right, different episodes. But other than that, wasn't there one other thing we were going to get uh, to? I was going to mention the Boston Bruins uh, getting the boys yes. back together. Patrice Bergeron signed a one-year deal. David Krejci signed a one-year deal, returning from Czechia it's back to the NHL. That's a very interesting um, story. It's an interesting story, but in, in the least surprising news ever because it was going that direction for about a month. Oh yeah. Um, well, did, oh, did, did, you, did, you, did you catch part of the reasoning behind some of that, though? No, no. Apparently, specifically maybe with Bergeron, but um, I'm sure Krejci may have been involved with this, too. Apparently, Tuka Rask got married over the summer. Oh, neat. Good for him. And they all were in attendance. Like, the I'm whole sure. 11 team I'm was sure. there and stuff. And, and all of a sudden, it was like... Yeah, you know what? Maybe running it back one more time. Would it be really fun. is Let's, getting the boys it, back together. It really okay. was. It was kind of funny. Um, um, I do. Th- we do. We should throw in one quick mention before we get out of here of the, what Calgary did because that was we we kind of speculated oh. on that after the trade. And there was one more injury to mention. Uh, Max Pacioretty. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. Speaking Carolina. of speaking of Vegas and LTIR space, they jettisoned him off to Carolina because they couldn't put him on LTI LTIR, and then he tore his Achilles. So he will I, miss the entire season, and it, that's a shame it, for him. It, it is. Uh, I don't know if he's missing the entire season. I heard six months recovery, which okay. from here that's is fair. probably like like he might be like it's in a, a weird look. way. Right, well, no, but it, it will sure it is because you. Oh, he's well, their trade well, deadline. He's their trade deadline acquisition. I, I think potentially, like in a way. Um, well, and yet you know what? It's also fair that. Carolina made that trade with Vegas and six months recovery. Well, and here's the thing: it was this was just documented in a, in a uh, Steve Dangle trade tree. Um, they literally got Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin for nothing. For nothing. Nothing. Or like, or I'm sorry, future considerations. Worse, worse than nothing is how it was put in the video. For yeah. worse than nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um. In all seriousness, like, like I actually like serious question. Does Max, like, does losing match Max Pacioretty matter for them in terms of where they're going to finish? Um, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. 
I think that like I think he's to... a good trade deadline acquisition if he can come back and play. So and he would have helped them, but right. I don't think he hurts like where like the, the, like I, they're still a top three team in the division to me. But we've talked about how tough this division is going to be this year with all the additions, with this, with that. Like I still think this... they're top three. I don't disagree, and I think Carolina kind of has that wagon potential to I, them. I think they're top three because of the fact also that we know what what Rod Brindamore's style is like at this point, we know that his, this we show know loves that, Rod Brindamore. We, we, well, we, cause we know that they are very intent on defensive play. It revolves around like, and I know that that's a John Tortorella thing as much as anything as well, but like their intent on defensive play thing is all of these other guys who we know play, play defense really well. Like we saw it. They've, you know, just because Tony D'Angelo got traded to Philadelphia does not mean who, yeah, I know. Does not mean that they don't have other defensemen who can come through. I mean, the only thing you can say at this point is, and I mean, maybe it was still the case beforehand anyway, but Jacob Slavin is definitely the headliner now of the defensive oh, yeah. corner. I... But they've got guys. I mean, they've got a lot of guys who can play really well on the back end. And then uh, if you can keep the goaltending healthy, yep. that's your other answer, right? By the way, I think in terms of defense, like if you're asking me to start a team and pick a defenseman, not mm-hmm. from an offensive standpoint, not from a purely defensive standpoint, overall defenseman, yeah. Jacob Slavin's top five. Yeah, I think so at in this the, point. In the league. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think so at this point. He's getting there. And like, he's not, he's never quite been, he's not a point of game guy. That's not his no, game. He's defi- no, he's definitely not. But, but he is he so good be. defensively that whatever he contributes offense is just pure, pure yeah. profit. But. All right, um, Calgary, real quick. Yep. Um, they well, because, extended uh, Huberto, well, they, they, and well, they got Mangiapane under contract. Well, th- th- that's the thing. They got some of the other contracts we had talked about that they still had to get under contract, yep. under contract. And then I didn't like. I really did not think if they were going to make an extension with one of the two guys they got in that trade from Florida, I thought it would be Uyghur first, really. But, man, they got such a good deal on Hubert. Well, because – and here's the thing. Now it changes everything we talked about last week because the whole concept of this was who, you know, who wins the deal. Both sides kind of win because, you know, Florida for now has Matthew Kachuk for eight more years and – Calgary does not yet with the in, two guys. In they case got. you missed it, by the way, uh, Huberto signed for an eight-year extension at ten and a half per. Which I, I think, in fairness, if you know you you took the guesswork out of it, kind of in the sense that you, or at least you took or you took the aftermath of letting him play to a higher level, right? And saying, oh, now he wants eleven or eleven and a half or twelve, yep. you know. You you got in there at ten and a half million for a 30, guy who's thirty years old. That's the only issue for He'll me. Thirty one when the contract kicks in. Thirty nine when it ends. Well, which is which is why there's a big difference between Matthew Kachuk, eight years, nine and a half mil at twenty four. Yes, and Jonathan Huberdeau at the age that he is. Absolutely. Yeah. I I I think for Calgary to look like winners in the trade in general, they needed to. They needed to re-sign one or both, and just just to come away looking good off of it. Re-signing Huberto puts you even on the trade. Anything else you get out of it at this point is just gravy. If you end up trading Uyghur, if you end up extending Uyghur, uh, whatever you end up doing here, the fact that you extended Huberto, that trade is relatively even at this point. And it's pretty it's pretty obvious at this point that the uh, the Calgary is waiting for the. 
cap money to kick in when the Two time or three comes. Years down the road. Well, because because they're going to need it by that point. Obviously, I mean, look, yes, you saved in 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 a roundabout way. You saved money on Kachuk and Gaudreau. Right, and in case and, you're not in the loop, by the way, for our listeners, um, basically we're expecting a cap jump in two off seasons uh, because basically the. Uh, the players it's after next one i think yes okay right not next season but the off season after that is when money frees up but there's because basically in, 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 the, the players end up end up paying off the owners from the whole it's pandemic thing it's in, and the tv it's in deal mass, and right it's in mass though at that point like it's right next i think next off season there is still a million dollar raise to come because because yeah. they they're, they're going to start doing that regularly and then but this there's a chance there's a chance to cap jump significantly the year after that five sure. six seven million dollars. Well, we really start seeing some big jumps at that point because something of the TV that we deal. I, I don't know if we actually got to talk about this or not. I didn't you know I didn't have a picture. And we of, can always leave something for next week's show. Well, no, no, no. This is just a little or footnote two week, deal. Two weeks this, from now, this okay. is a little footnote thing. It's not as big of a deal. Yeah. When Johnny Gaudreau got introduced in Columbus, and I didn't have like I couldn't find a picture last week to put it up on the screen when we did all that. When he got introduced in Columbus. Anybody catch the little detail that was part of the uh, presentation there? No, I messed up. So they hand him a jersey, and they he holds. He's got number thirteen. The 13 well, that's we, the, we had that whole thing, right? They also had him wear the jersey during the press conference, and everybody started to pick up on the fact that, in addition to, you know, here's Columbus, all that, you know, the Blue yeah. Jackets logo, uh, there was a Safe Light logo up in this corner. Ah. Which means that that's the first real sign I think we've seen of Jersey, Jersey advertisement, ad. yeah. which is another revenue booster. Now we, there, there's a couple different ways they're going to try to boost revenue too now, around the league. The Flyers the way, were because, one of few teams that didn't have a helmet sponsor this year. Is that correct? Uh, last year, uh, oh, and I know what you're saying because the, they had a helmet sponsor the year that everybody did it for the like the no right. attendance thing, and then some teams pulled back, some kept it. Right. I'm curious if if they if they don't. I think it'll depend Depends. on how much money they lose. <laughs> and you know what? Probably. I think that is a great place to leave it. Uh, <laughs> Comcast losing money is going to be what's best for this team in the long run anyway. And what's best for you in the long run is to follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Uh, also, make sure to find – you can find us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SportstalkPhilly.com. We're all over the place on that. Follow at SportstalkPHL. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, other than that, I come back. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, episode will be out, uh, what's that, the 28th? And uh, uh, record, re- Recorded 28th, probably out 29th-ish. Yeah, yeah same like deal. And then uh, or, we're yeah, here in the summer. The yeah. Leave some, uh, go to the YouTube channel, leave some comments down below what we should talk about on our summer shows. Any stories you want to hear, any Kevin tales from the press box or games I've been to in the past or whatever. What was the one thing we said we were going to do? We talked about either Bucket List or maybe Mount Rushmore's or something oh, like that. Oh, we're going to do a Mount Rushmore at some point. It might not be next week, but we'll we'll, we'll start coming we have up what? with some Mount Rushmore's. So send we us have, your topics on those. We have Because we have what? We're doing a show in two weeks, and then we have a couple – what is it? One more in that two, two, or two, two One or, more before training or, camp. Which we'll probably still do two more to get to the preseason probably. stuff, and then and then we'll go back to weekly in October, I would imagine. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Not too many summer shows to get through, but we're getting there. So. Sounds yeah, sounds good. So let's uh, right. wrap this one and, and we'll be call back it in a two weeks, weeks with the next one. So uh, until then, stay safe.